Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. I'd ask that you just take a moment and uh, just look inside your heart today. Ask the Lord to search your heart to see if there's any anxious ways in your life. See if there's anything that He could reveal to you that you need to become aware of in this moment. Would you mind doing that? Just bow your heads for just a moment. Just ask Him. Lord, is there anything in our hearts that we need to be aware of? That you're aware of? That you see? Good, bad, and indifferent. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for these moments where we just pause before our Lord. It's in your name we ask. Amen. A rowdy bunch up there. That's great. Thank you, Sandy. Um... I'd ask that you please grab that piece of uh, white paper that's in your pew near you. Uh, there should be plenty around, and if not, there's, there's empty pews around you that may have one of those pieces of paper. On the front side, it, it says uh, um, sphere of influence, um, and uh, on the other side, well, I messed that up. Anyhow, I'd ask that you pull those out real quick, and... Uh, I'd ask that you just take one moment. Uh, if there's a pen in your pew uh, or a pencil in your pew, please grab that. If you don't have a working pen, because my guess is you probably don't have a working pen in the pew in front of you, uh, you could use your, your phone. You can pull out the no, your phone and use the Note app on your phone to use this piece of paper as a guide. And what I'd like for you to do is just take a few minutes. We're not going to take too long in this, but take a few mo- minutes. And I would like for you to think of the people in your life, picture their faces, picture the places from which you know them, and put them in one of these three categories. The first category is the circle of relationships, and actually that's divided into two. One is those that are the most trusted in your life, where you are you, 
and you are the most vulnerable. This is probably going to be your shortest list because, quite frankly, uh, we, are, we are often guarded in our life with most, most people in our life. The next section is those that are in our immediate families, our extended families, those that are, in our, that are our life group peeps, those that are our friends, those that are our close friends. And on the back side, which is a little bit longer, um, looks like I really screwed this one up. Uh, you might actually have it. But on the back side is our sphere of influence. Those people in which are in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, on our extracurricular or athletic teams, those that are in our schools, those, are, those that are in your third place. Your first place is work or home. Your second place is work. And the third place is the place where you intentionally go. So what I'd like for you to do is just take a few minutes and those people in your lives, go ahead and put those in one of those three categories, if you wouldn't mind. Put, put their names, yes. You don't have to put the full name, but, you know. Yeah, their names. You can draw stick figures if you'd like to. <laughs> now, I'm sure your, your list is going to be a bit incomplete. But as we move forward through this morning, I'd, I'd like for you to filter this conversation, this talk this morning through the people on, on that sheet of paper, through the people that are in your circle of relationships, in your sphere of influence. And as we go through the morning, if another person comes to mind, go ahead and write them down as we're, we're talking, as we're, we're listening to what we're, we're going through. And we're in the middle of our March series called Conversations. And this morning we're going to begin at Exodus chapter 33. Uh, we're going to start at verse 7. Uh, through 11 if if you have if you have your bible go ahead and open that up to exodus 33 if you don't have a bible there are a few bibles in front of you uh, that bible belongs to you we want to give that to you take it own it it's yours now congratulations uh, if you don't have either one of those you can pull out your phone pull out the bible app click that on exodus 33 and if you don't have any of those it'll be right here on the screen for you exodus chapter 33 verse 7 through 11. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, there's a lot of tent here. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Father, as we embark on this conversation this talk this morning illuminate to us what you desire to have us understand it's in your name we ask amen uh, very early on in my my walk with christ the the first time i ever 
uh, read the journey through the book of Exodus, I became really fascinated with this story of Moses and the Israelites. Maybe it was because their wandering through the wilderness, through the desert, was very similar to my single life. Uh, very dry and no end in sight. Um, maybe it was at the front end of the story where there was civil disobedience by the two midwives who did not follow the government decree of infanticide, which by their powerful choice, we have Moses' life. Maybe I was fascinated because of the, the, the serendipitous moment of Moses in the, in the floating, floating in the water, the dangerous waters, and the Pharaoh's daughter finding him in those waters. Maybe it was Moses being in the middle. He was in the middle between the Egyptian elite and the educated, but also the Hebrew oppressed and enslaved. And he identified with the Hebrew uh, oppressed and enslaved and believed himself to be the rescuer and redeemer. Moses in the middle. He forced his future into existence. Maybe it was because I kind of felt like Moses as he was running from the blood-soaked sand for where he buried the Egyptian. Maybe it was because I saw myself just like Moses running away from things that were in my life. He was running away from the powerful people who were hunting him down. He was running away from his education and his elitism that he had been crowned with. And he was running away from the people he thought he was supposed to be leading. And he found himself isolated in the desert, becoming a shepherd. I don't know. I was so fascinated by Moses' story. And then there's this moment right here in Exodus 33 that often caught my attention because Moses of all the people didn't seem to be the type of person that would lead anybody that would stand in the middle for anybody he had made so many mistakes I wonder today maybe you're running from something often when we run from something we will find ourselves in a place somewhere that we're not meant to be maybe you had tried to force your future you know what futures aren't forced they're forged one wise choice at a time one prayer at a time one humble obedient step at a time maybe it isn't that you're running maybe it isn't that you tried to force your future maybe it's what you thought you were supposed to do, that calling that was in your life, is now dead and buried in the sand. Out of reach for you. That you will never, ever achieve it or retain it. That it will never stir within your soul again. That passion which you thought was supposed to be your life. Fascinated by Moses' story because I think that many of us can find ourselves in his story. But we see this moment where he's in this tent outside of camp. This moment in Exodus 33 isn't long after the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea moment. 
This is just a couple months later. This is right after Moses has come down off the mountain with the law. This is right after the golden calf moment where everybody is, 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 is worshiping this golden calf. And Moses has found himself outside of camp. It's a tent of meeting. It's a place in which it's a mobile tent of meeting because anywhere they, they would go, he would set this place outside of camp, outside of the people he led, that he knew, and he would meet with God face to face, as if talking with a friend. And I was fascinated by the fact that of all the people who could talk with God face to face, it was this guy, whose story is riddled with mistakes, with running, with forcing things that weren't supposed to be, not yet, before their time. Yet, God chooses to call Moses. There was this then God moment for Moses where he was out doing the shepherding duties, isolated in the desert and having a burning bush conversation. God raised him up. The I am who I am called him forward and said, I want you to be in the middle. I want you to be in the middle for my people. I want you to go on my behalf. And I want you to lead the people I've entrusted you to lead. I want you to deliver those people from oppression and slavery. You remember that mistake that you made? You tried to force your future and you buried it in the sand? I'm going to redeem you first. And now you're going to deliver my people. Moses in the middle. Moses in the middle of hundreds of thousands of people. And he understood the purpose of being in the middle. He understood how critical and essential being in the middle was. Folks, who is it that you influence on a daily basis? Who is it that you lead day in and day out? Quite frankly, if you look at your list that's before you that you wrote down or that's on your phone, some of those people are the people who you influence day in and day out. That you're able to speak into their life. Regardless of your position, your title, your vocation, regardless of retirement, those are the people in which you influence. Those are the people that God has called you to be in the middle for. To talk with God on their behalf as if you're talking with God as a friend. Heart to heart, face to face. This morning I want to somewhat, somehow show you how freeing that can be. I would ask if I could have two volunteers. I, I didn't ask for anybody on the front end. Could I have two, can I get two teenage volunteers? Come on up, Josh. All right, come on up, Destiny. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on down. 
Now, come on up at the platform here. Yeah, you're in front of people. Which of you wants to wear this? You want to wear it? All right. Let's put this on. You got it? How's that feel? Pretty heavy? Could be better? You think you could go running in that? Not, not for too long? So he's, he's got, he's got the, a weighted vest on him. And uh, as you can see, it's burdens. Now, I tried to find, I tried to use some sticky notes, but they all fell off. But let's just imagine, if you can just picture the burdens of, of, of life that you carry, maybe. And I, I know that Josh is actually carrying a, a heavy weight in his own life. When you walk with the burdens in your life, they're pretty heavy, aren't they? But the idea that, that we see with Moses in the middle is very essential to our life and the lives of the people around you. Destiny, I'm going to ask that you be the one in the middle. So, essentially, I'd like for you to lift the burdens of Josh off of him, and I would like for you to put his burdens on you and put yourself in the middle between the cross and Josh. Would you do that? So go ahead and lift. You might want to hold on your shirt so it doesn't come up. We don't want to scare people. <laughs> and like you're praying, I don't know how, what, you, what posture you take when you pray, but I'd ask that you take that posture for this moment. So, like, are you at a funeral here? I mean, is, 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 we are gathered here. Like, is that, is that what prayer is for you? <laughs> I'm just I'm messing with you. But as you can see, destiny's in the middle between Josh and the cross. Folks, when you, when you step into the middle, there's this beautiful freeing exchange that occurs someone once said that when you pray for someone that your heart becomes the place and the space where God and that person meet it's that place and that space where God's love actually washes over that person so in this moment, what destiny has taken on are the burdens of Josh. Now, we know that Josh still deals with those things. They haven't left. But in the moment, he's a little bit free to connect with God himself. That another warrior has been enlisted to engage in the fight. I don't know about you, but I really need other people to take on my burdens sometimes. In fact, Brenda said right before this service, hey, can we pray for you today? Do you want us to pray for you? You always pray for other people, right? All of us in the room 
need someone else to take the weight of life on themselves for just a moment. You want to wear that the rest of the time? No? Can we, can we thank these two? I can, if you want to take that off. Thank you. Um, a couple years ago, I was with my wife in the store. And uh, there was a lady that we'd gotten to know from our community. And uh, she was in the middle of a building project. <clears throat> just sharing about the frustrations and the questions and just the burden of the moment. And uh, right there in the store, I said, do you mind if I just pray for you? Yeah, sure. Like, no, right, like right now. <laughs> oh, okay. And so in the middle of the store with the hustle and bustle of customers and coffee and chocolate just lifted her up to the Lord and it was just a week or two later where she told my wife you know I had a sense of peace because you guys prayed for me it didn't resolve the situation but for a moment she engaged with God with the burdens of her life and she experienced peace of God gaining a little perspective on what was going on being in the middle when we pray for one another for our friends for our co-workers for our neighbors for the people in the sphere of our influence we are in the middle on their behalf as well as God's behalf to free them just a bit so that the love of God can wash over their life. And notice in the story, this was actually always caught my attention. Then Moses would return to camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Now, I take Moses to be the traditional writer of Exodus. He made it a point for those that would read this story to identify Joshua and what he did and did not do. That Moses was not in the tent by himself. And that when Moses left, Joshua stayed. Folks, we need other people in the middle along with us. He made it a point to the Hebrew reader, and for us, if we continue to read this story, that it was Joshua, who not only was the military commander of the army, that he had to do his business of being in the middle before he can go out on the battlefield. But also that he met with God just like Moses as a friend meets with a friend. And that later, this same Joshua would be the one that would take them across into the promised land. Folks, we got to be in the middle 
before we get into the, the meat of the day. John, the apostle, in talking about the story of Christ, he, he opens up the story of Christ with the birth story, and in fact, a pre-existence story. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And then he steps into the birth story. And he he puts it in probably my most favorite way. This is my most favorite birth story of Christ. It isn't Luke. It isn't Matthew. it's, It's John. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, John was actually looking back to this moment in Exodus 33 where Moses was at the tent of meeting. Because literally, this says the word became flesh and made his tent. He tented among us. Jesus became human, walked like a human among humanity, in the middle of humanity. And on the other end of his gospel, in telling of Christ's death, John recalled being at the cross, at the foot of the cross, with Mary, Jesus' mother, and about 20 other Marys, because there are a lot of Marys at this point. And he says this, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which is in Aramaic is Golgotha. There they crucified him. And with him, two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. You can picture the the horizontal story, Jesus in the middle between two criminals. But the horizontal is only part of the story. It's the vertical that's the majority of the story. It's Jesus Christ in the middle between God and humanity. It's Jesus Christ in the middle on the half of, of God and on behalf of humanity God is calling you if you've ever wondered if he's calling you he's calling you right now to be in the middle he's calling you to be in the middle for those people that are on your list those people that you wrote down those people in your life they have been put in your life strategically and you have been put in their life strategically So today, I'm asking you to be in the middle in just a few simple ways. One, I'm asking you to specifically pray for the people God has providentially placed in your life. In your circle of relationships, those who are most trusted in your life, where you can just be you. You don't have to put on a front. You don't have to put on a mask but with the people who are, so, who are entrusted to you and you really trust them. But also beyond that, because sometimes the, that group of people is not your family. But also your family, your immediate and extended family, those people that are your friends, your life group peeps, and those that are in your sphere of influence. If you're a teacher, you have a lot of people in your sphere of influence. In this, in just in our congregation, there are police officers, 
There are managers, there are business owners, there are mail carriers, there's factory workers, there's teachers, there's social workers, there's retirees. All of you have sphere of influence. There are students. And in fact, students, you guys probably have more people that you impact than the rest of us. It's a weird thing as you get older. Your relationships, the amount of people that, were, that are in your relationships get smaller and smaller and smaller. You have a special moment in your life right now where you can impact a lot of people. Your impact is greater than you know. So I'm asking that today you begin to pray that you take this sheet with you and you continue to fill it out because I I guarantee you there's a lot of people that you don't remember. But as you go throughout your week, you you will find these people. And when you pray for them, I'm going to ask that you do something very simple. I've started to do this recently and it's made it more impactful for me. That as you pray for these people, specifically praying for the specific needs in their life and if you don't know what those needs are that's okay as Zach says you don't know what you don't know but the Holy Spirit does that you picture their face you picture their face and you imagine your heart to be that place where they meet with God the other thing I'm asking that you be in the middle through Backyard Nation parties. That you leverage where you live. We have the maps up on the walls. These are where you live. Whether it's on your street or in your region, we're asking that you leverage where you live very intentionally, simply, and practically by inviting people into your own backyard. Allowing Wapak Naz to be the outfitter for your party. And you just get to know your neighbors. And by that, you begin to care for your neighbors. And your neighbors begin to care for them. And by that, you fulfill the needs for your neighbors. Eventually, you, where you live, becomes an outpost for the kingdom of God. You become the middle. Where care, compassion, and love is happening. If you're 1% interested, one, just 1%, not, it's not a whole lot. If you're 1% interested, we're asking that you sign up for one of the three Mr. Rogers sessions as we'll kind of unpack what the Backyard Nation parties look like and what they don't and the intention behind them. Pray specifically for those that are providentially placed in your, your relationships and your sphere of influence be in the middle through Backyard Nation Party. And immediately here in the next two and a half weeks, two weeks, I'm asking that you be in the middle of the Easter extravaganza. In the pew around you are those pink sheets. Folks, we're asking that you be in the middle by being a greeter, a smiling face. I ask that you be in the middle by being traffic safety, directing people in safely. That you be in the middle by being a registration where you register those kids and their families. 
be in the middle by blessing the community entity uh, agencies that are coming in to make this event even huger and bigger and more of an impact. We're asking that you be in the middle by driving a train around with those little kids in the barrel cars and having a blast. We're asking that you be in the middle of Easter extravaganza to where your community comes to you. Would you be in the middle? God's calling you to be in the middle. Heavenly Father, you have called us to be in the middle, to carry the burden and the weight of those around us, including those in this church. We mustn't forget that. God, you're calling us to raise up and pray. Because the prayer isn't powerful unless it's the person whom we pray to is powerful, and that's you. You are almighty, and you are powerful. And prayer moves your heart. And it actually moves our heart. So if you're sitting here this morning, or if you're listening online, take that white sheet of paper put it in your hand look at those names and I'd ask that you begin to pray over them right now would you mind doing that for just a moment you're not going to get through the whole list just focus on one or two people right now would you go ahead and do that Heavenly Father, we, we ask that you help us be good stewards of the people that you've placed in our life. And one of the most loving things that we can do is, is pray. Is to bring them before the Father and carry their burden for just one moment. And beyond that, check in with them. But Father, we, I ask that you rise up this group of people of Wapak Nas. And that we allow ourselves to be in the middle, just like you, Jesus. And Father, with that, we ask that you transform our hearts I love you Jesus and I thank you we ask these things in your name Jesus amen would you please stand
Those pink sheets, you can drop those in the joy box on the way out or the container out here in the, the hallway here in the lobby. And uh, we love you. Thank you for taking the risk to come in here today. And for those of you who have been inviting people, man, that's the most beautiful thing you can do, one of the most beautiful things you can do, because that says that you love those people that you've invited. So may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself? We'll see you soon. Have a great day. <clears throat>